Hey everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Carnegie Mellon Film Festival podcast. In today's episode, we have an awesome interview with the director of Garbage, Jose Manian. Jose is a filmmaker with over 25 years experience producing all manners of content, and he currently runs the production company Make Media. His film Garbage will be screening virtually at the festival from December 14th to December 20th, and tickets go on sale December 9th. As with all our virtual screenings, there will be a live discussion December 17th at 7 p.m. on Zoom with Jose and the screenwriter Brian Broom. This event is organized in conjunction with the Row House Theater, sponsored by Cause Humanity Scholars Program, the Center for Diversity and Inclusion at CMU, the Department of Africana Studies at the University of Pittsburgh, and the Doc Salon. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be so kind to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. And now, here's my interview with Jose Manian. Welcome, Jose, to the Carnegie Mellon Film Festival podcast. First question, what were your first impressions of reading the script of Garbage? And what, what about Garbage uh, drew you to it? Um, well, no, the script, I, was part- I, I participated in, this, in, the, um, in Garbage, the, the, you know, the, script, the scripting of gar- Garbage. Uh, garbage okay. started out with... Um, me having this uh, an idea for a film that it had to do with the systemic racism in in America. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the big the big thing, and and I wanted to work with a African American writer, a black you know a black writer, to make this script, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to this writer to own the story. I didn't want it to micromanage the story because that was the whole point for me is have these, uh, you know, black boys uh, in the film. So I did did a casting in a way for writers, you know, in order to find a person who was, I thought, good. Well, first of all, he wanted to work with me and it was good for the project. And that's why I found uh, running uh, Brian Broom, who is the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you know having conversations, he and and with a premise that I brought to him, he decided to he wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of the writing, not because I wanted micromanaging the the process or whatever the content was. Uh, I was there because you know a writer who writes for paper uh, is not the same writing for the screen, you know, mm. so I was kind of just watching over that all, not everything needs to be said with words, you know, and that kind mm. of aspect that mm. I knew was going to be important uh, when doing it a film. So I was more like a watching over that aspect um, of it, but in terms of, ownership and boys i want to be in brian's boys and brian's story sure but i kind of uh, as a producer that's what you do you put the element you find the element you put the element that you think they're going to be um uh make you you know accomplish to tell this story so so that was the the, the thing um 
is I mean, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Is this the first script where you've ever kind of been on the sort of a ground floor of the creation of it? A film that you've uh, directed? Uh, no, I mean, all the films that I directed, I'm a producer and director. So you cannot are there from the very beginning uh, supervising everything. I mean, I, a lot of my films, they don't have a script per se. And even mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of words. Mm. Um, in fiction, I mean, I I like to leave the audience room to interpret things, not tell them everything. Sure. Um, but this film has a lot of much more than more than other ones I have done, just because the script was coming from a writer, and that they have they feel that everything has to be you know, solve with words. And I like the idea to solve a lot of things just visually. You know, just as I said, leaving room to the audiences to make their own interpretations. Um, I think for me, they are more engaged, you know, when you see a film and not everything is clear in a way mm-hmm. and that you have to kind of be part- a participant. Um, for me, that's more engaging than just sitting back and, you know, you're going to be told everything, you know. So I guess uh, I, I like to operate like that. It was difficult with Brian because, as I said, he didn't have experience in, in waiting for a film. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit the, the dynamic. Okay, that's, you know, like a, how can we solve things visually, not just saying everything. Mm-hmm. But um, But this film needed that, you know. I wanted to... Um, collaborate with a black artist. That's something for me important because I wanted to have my own experience. And, you know, I know when I do films, I want to have experiences and get to know more and other cultures and another ways of doing things, another kind of lifestyle. So it's an opportunity. So it was really interesting to me to, to work with Brian and learn. Hmm. And how long was that sort of uh, pre-production writing process before you guys uh, actually uh, started shooting? How long was that process, would you say? Um, it took like it's six to nine months, hmm. the writing, uh, because we also applied for a grant. Sure. So that took uh, also, you know, we needed to spend time doing the, you know, the grant part not just the um, writing of the script per se. We were selling the script in a way. Mm. Um, so that took yeah six to nine months, and more or less. Uh, the grant was for the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council. Um, and we got the grant, and that's what allowed us to make the film. Mm. Where did you shoot the film? The film was shot in the Hill District of Pittsburgh. Um, we needed to find needed to find a house because a lot of the stuff, a lot of the story happens in the house. Mm-hmm. In the house, so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, for me, the place is when I op- you know when I do my films, the place is like another character. Yeah. So um, so I look for a house that. Um, also could speak, give a lot of context to the story 
Uh, I also wanted to bring audiences, white audiences, to you know traditionally black neighborhood, um, and that was part of the goal to take you there and see mm. for yourself mm. life there because sometimes we operate um, you know about what is being living in a black neighborhood from. I don't know, from the media, you know, so whatever, you know, we don't have a personal experience. And I think um, the location of the Hill District, that has even a, even another sort of layer of meaning is, you know, it was such a, um, a landmark center for, for black culture in Pittsburgh. And it was like known as almost like a, a second Harlem. And unfortunately, um, that whole neighborhood was like pushed back in the advent of the, of the civic arena and, um, you know, city planning. And, and now it's like that neighborhood Mm -hmm. is coming back. So I, I, that location has a sort of like double meaning, if you will. Yes. Yes. I mean, the more content you have about what the the Hill district is, yes. Yeah. You can read into all that and always Wilson and so many other things that is, you know, it's very, um, yeah. Everything is very metaphorical in a way uh, Mm. of, represent you know it's a representation and that you know that what you just described that's what's going on there certainly hmm. so i have to ask um your the film begins and ends no no spoilers here with these sort of ominous uh drone tracking shots mm-hmm. um i just want to um just ask like what what inspired those what is um like as the director like um can you talk about your thought process with those shots? Cause in my opinion, right. they're very, very striking. And there's like a, obviously beginning and ending with them. There's like this cyclical sort of, I wrote in my notes here, like I felt this like ominous dread. Well, I think we are going to the visual aspect of the film, you know, where things where you have to say things or communicate things mm. with, um, through visual, not just with words. Mm. Um, it is true that, as I mentioned before, I wanted to bring audiences to the Hill District or to that kind of a neighborhood where the story happens. Um, as I was, after the film was shot and I was editing, I felt that still I haven't really brought people, you know, like I haven't captured the Hill District, you know, mm. and it's just kind of an obsession when you do a film that how you capture what you're seeing and encapsulate that in a way. So as I was start editing the film, I realized that I needed that. I needed more of the texture, more on the fact that they're, you know, the texture of the Hill District, the texture of the neighborhood like that. Mm. And at the same time, uh, I wanted to also communicate the fact that that story is happening in many other places. We just, just focusing on one, but it's a lot of stories just like that one. And I had one had like a, you know, bird eye view mm. of the place. And it, yes, yeah, it, and any things um, uh, bring that aspect to the film that you know people you know down on that can you talk a little bit about um casting for the film did you know the actors previous mm. to sh- um uh, production or um you know did you do a 
typical casting calls, callbacks, that that kind of thing? Correct. So uh, casting was, just, you know, obviously very, very important for my film of any film. You know, in my view, I mean, the story is first. You have to have a story, you know. Sure. And I think we did have a story for uh, garbage. Um, and the second is you have to have the cast that kind of conveys those characters and make them believable. Of not, you are done from the beginning. So I spent a lot of time doing casting. Um, and I mainly reach out to the theater community in Pittsburgh because, mm. you know, I've been around that community and I had some good advisors there. Um, so for the female, char female characters, I kind of reach out there. For the male character, young male character, uh, uh, I reach out to Point Park University and Car Carnegie Mellon University, mm. uh, the drama programs that they have there. Um, I have I was lucky enough that I found Antonio at the Carnegie Mellon University Drama School. Um, um, he he was great. Uh, he really, but you know, yes, as an anecdote, I had a when I was doing the casting, and then I was doing you know independently the casting for the main film character, main, main female character, and uh, they're working separate. And actually, when we did a test both together. I started all over again with the female character because mm. there was not this chemistry that I was looking for. I'm, I'm basically, I ambitioned an older character for the female uh, and it wasn't working. It was too much of a gap between both. And tell you the truth, there was no sexual kind of uh, attention. Sure, sure. You know, that, it, and, and the film is not about that, but no. at the same time, it has to be there somehow. Like a possibility. A more, yeah. yeah. To, that is there in the air slightly, but not really. It's about that. So you have to be very, very because I I have another wonderful uh, actress to do the female, mm. but I need to start over. And then Tommy Dixon, you know, Antonio Jeffries is the main, uh, you know, the, the main. Um, character the mm. male character and, and tammy dixon is the female and i did know tammy and i always admired tammy and suddenly she said okay she's because i was like a, i needed an, act, an actor like a quick and i reached out to her because she was always one of my favorite actors here in pittsburgh mm. and and, uh, and and she liked the script and she was graceful enough to join the 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 film and then you know the other character was Tracy Turner who's doing the mother yeah. uh, and she was I would just talk oh, talk to Tracy she's the one she's probably you know people who you know I, I trust my advisors in terms of the scene and what I'm looking for and they you know they point there and we test it out and she was great so sure that, that was the casting um uh, as for directing actors on set. Are you um, are you a director who uses the rehearsal process a lot, or are you someone who uses improv on set? Um, uh, what kind of director are you? 
Uh, in this or case, neither. <laughs> no, no, no. No, uh, I do like to improvise when, when I can, but this was not the project for improvisation because mainly because I had a, uh, it was all dialogue driven, you know, mm. it's complicated. Um, um, so it was kind of a, not a lot of improvisation in this film. I gave room to the to the actors mm. to really be in a position where they were um, comfortable to develop their characters. Um, that I did, um, and actually, it's, it's it's very difficult to. I mean, Antonio and Tammy, just to talk about both of them, they were very different the way they actually um, do their work. Craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very different. And it's, that's kind of the toughest thing for the director is actually, because everybody comes from a different school and way of doing things and methods and things like that. And they all come together there, but they all have like a different training you know that's even methodology and it's, it's it's complicated to talk to them uh so i was trying to be i was trying to avoid i mean like a tommy he will get to the set and you could see feel like it was the whole context that she created for this character was arriving with her mm. you know you can feel it that she was like okay uh at the same time antonio was very different was really just him and reacting. I was really was happening in the room, uh, um, things like that. So they were very different. We also um, shot very quickly, so it was needed to be very pragmatic in terms of what needed to be accomplished. Sure. So in this film, there was not a lot of room for improvisation. And it was more very more like it was more like a choreography when you know a blocking with uh, Brad Green, who was the cinematographer, blocking the scenes. It was very like a, you know trying to choreograph mm. uh, something more than anything else. Well, to me, it sounds almost like you're you're filming a stage play. I mean, one thing is that the the film has that, yeah. the film has um, you know the the main thrust of the action is dialogue. You know, there's yeah. no fancy set pieces. There's no even, I mean, you know, there's no large sort of physical con conflict. It's just this extremely Correct. dense, scarring, raw conversation. I was just wondering, like, mm -hmm. how do you as the director, when you're shooting a conversation, what's going through your mind to make making the conversation as engaging as possible? Um, well, the thing I think when I'm directing, when I'm set, is usually um, uh, the point of view of the camera. Mm. You know, it's never random. Um, so I focus a lot on that. Why are we being in a close-up? Why are we mm. in a wide shot? Why are we... So it's not like you're just blocking the scene to get everything in, you know, everything you need to cover yourself to later edit the film. I really think about that, you know, what is the psycho psychological reason to put the camera here now? 
Um, and that's where I kind of put more, and I guess that has to do with the visual aspect and also has to do with thinking in the editing. Hmm. Uh, and, and I was less concerned on, because I was trusting my actors uh, and I was trusting the script that let them do that part, you know, like they really felt real, they, you know, they built the character. So my concern was more about where to put the camera mm. because they have some psychological reason that it, for the camera to be there. Mm. Uh, why yes. don't we see the, 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 we only stay with one of the characters in the very instant moment instead you know, cutting back and forth between both. Um, the fact that I knew that I didn't want any music, you know, in it, because I didn't want to kind of manipulate the, the audience. I wanted to feel like it was kind of raw in a way. Um, so those are the thinking that goes through my mind um, when I'm when I'm shooting. Yeah, I love that because it's it's so clear that from this film it's just it's not just coverage right it's not just we have this reaction then we have this reaction there's like such purpose to it and it's it's kind of it just hits you as an audience member so much more viscerally than just ping-ponging uh back and forth um so um we have a, a couple lightning round questions that my producer and i came up with um what is your favorite movie you watched during quarantine? Okay, uh, I'm not going to talk about a movie per se. I'm going to talk about, I started watching a lot of 70s films. Okay, yeah. Uh, one of them was The Long Goodbye. Oh my Alman. God. I love that movie. I also watched that for the, I watched that for the first time during the uh, quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I, I decided to, it was very refreshing because movies looks too much alike lately. Mm. You know, they really are, you know, they know what the audience want to see and all that. I mean, I don't say they're this quality material, you know, they're quality, obviously. But it felt very refreshing to go back to the 70s just because this film still was experimenting back then. Mm. There's a lot of experimentation. And they don't look and feel like the products that we are seeing today. Hmm. And that was for me very refreshing. It was kind of a, there was, it was, there was more of the element of escaping to another reality that hmm. being still trapped in this reality, you know, that everything looked the same. So it was, uh, it was more going back to the seventies. And if I can point to that, you know, I, I would say, yeah, the long goodbye. Hmm. That's that's a, such a great recommendation. Um, could you recommend um, one film from Spain? Um, yes, of course. Um, I will recommend All About My Mother by Almodovar. Okay. Um, a melodrama. Um, you don't see a lot of melodramas now, um, uh, but yeah, I, I would recommend that one. Uh, I mean, also, I, I also recommend that one because it's, it's accessible. You know what I mean? I don't mm. want to recommend things that people don't, 
sure, sure, sure. More difficult to have access to, but uh, I don't know. They saw another film called My Next Skin in Netflix recently, another Spanish film. Um, yeah, but probably all about my mother. If you could give one piece of advice to an up and coming filmmaker, what would it be? Do not have a plan B. I love it. I love it. Um, Garbage is screening virtually at the Carnegie Mellon International Film Festival from December 14th to December 20th. Jose, where can people find you if they want to look you up? Um, I do have a website called make-media.net and also um, you can find me on Vimeo under my name, Jose Manian, or you can send me an email at Jose, J-O-S-E-M-U-N-I at gmail.com. Jose, thank you so much uh, for this conversation. And um, we're very pleased to have you here at the Carnegie Mellon International Film Festival. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure.